this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about prophets. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Goddess. Got it. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Hour, your podcast and radio show to encourage, educate, and empower you on your path through womanhood. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. I'm the director of Strong Woman Co., a company designed to help women be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. We have one-on-one programs, online workshops, and more. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for daily inspiration and motivation. And of course, you can join our free online tribe. It's a Facebook tribe to connect with women from all over the world, get support. I do a lot of uh, different posts and insights, uh, and I'm planning on doing much, much more now that I am more settled in my new country, uh, but I can get to that in a bit. Um, And I'll put all that in the show notes, so please uh, join up um, and uh, join in the love and the the positivity and the encouragement uh, going and the truth because let's not sugarcoat it. The truth comes out too. And helpful things like um, information on moons and different kinds of things that are uh, coming up. And uh, please uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast uh, to get all of our upcoming shows. Uh, I am a Newfoundlander and Canadian, and I am coming to you from a city just south of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Yes, this is my second show that I'm recording um, in the Netherlands. Um, I'm feeling better and better every day, uh, kind of just getting around. We got our bikes already. Uh, You pretty much just bike everywhere. (laughs) It's really great. Um, And uh, I'm just feeling stronger and getting my bearings and... uh, Wow, what a year this has been, that's all I say. But I'm so, so thrilled to have you here today. Oh my goodness, this this show, I am I'm just beaming. I'm just bursting. My heart is so full and 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 nourished, and I'm just so excited to share this with you. This is one of uh, my most heart-connected shows uh, that I've ever put together. Um, and there are a few reasons for that. Number one, uh, the topic divine feminine, uh, that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm really passionate about it. I'm, I'm passionate about, um, uh, learning about it, connecting to it, feeling it. I'm passionate about what it means for more people to uh, be able to connect to the divine feminine, um, and, and to know what it is even. Um, and then I'm also like talking today on this show with my shaman, my teacher, my friend, my soul sister, Regina Wright. Uh, oh my goodness, Regina has uh, been such a positive influence on me and my family's life. Regina has helped me learn, grow, cut old cords, gain strength and confidence, connect to my soul, legitimize my thoughts and feelings, help me to understand uh, things like you know the importance of stories and folklore and goddesses and our ancient ways. Uh, and she does all kinds of work, including work online and and, and distance. Uh, so I highly recommend you can reach out and uh, uh, see if you'd like to work with her. You just just email her. I'll, I'll put that uh, email or the website in the show notes. Um, and I can honestly say that uh, without Regina, there would be no Strong Women Co. There'd be no podcast. Uh, everything would be much different. 
And I can say that uh, because I would not have been as confident uh, in my soul's calling to listen um, without having such a, a teacher that was was very gently. This was she's she's so great. She very gently shows you more of yourself, and I think that's what a what a real leader does, um, and and a real person who is into and connected to divine feminine. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get into that. I'm so excited to share uh, this this conversation um, with you. So I want to dive right into that because um, it's just a real flow conversation. I didn't even want to edit it much. Uh, so here we go. Let's take our breath. Close your eyes if you can. It's going to be just a single breath. So we're going to make it a good one. Relax the space between your eyes. Relax your jaw. Relax your ears. Pull those shoulders down away from your ears. Relax your hips. Send some love to your knees and your ankles. Wiggle your toes and just let them rest. Wiggle your fingers, let them rest. We're going to breathe in nice, steady, and light in through the nose, and then we're going to hold it. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold. And let it all out. <sighs> all right, let's do this. All right, well, let's, let's just dig in because this is stuff okay. that we, we just want to talk about anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so first off, I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Regina, for taking the time uh, to talk to me and the podcast listeners about what the divine feminine is and what it means to you. Uh, I'm thrilled to have this conversation with you because of all the conversations we've had, I don't think we've ever specifically uh, kind of talked about it. But just to give an intro, I'll say this is uh, Regina Wright um, and I'll put her website uh, in the show notes for anyone who wants to do work with her uh, after listening to this podcast. And I would highly, highly recommend doing that. Uh, she's a contemporary shaman. She's also my shaman and sister and teacher. Uh, she has studied shamanism on six continents and is a certified healer and energy worker in several disciplines. Uh, you are ever the student of life. I couldn't even list off all the certifications that you have. Uh, so what's really cool is I first met Regina almost five years ago exactly uh, to mm. the day, uh, just hours before Vi was born. It was my first ever women's circle for Samhain and uh, it was the exact thing I needed at the time. I was very, very pregnant um, and I had really, really wanted a vaginal birth. I really wanted a home birth, but Violet was footling breach. The one, one way you really can't uh, give a vaginal, uh, have a vaginal birth. And I was so worried and so stressed out about having a cesarean section. And uh, it just, everything about that, that night was so perfect and magical. Uh, so I just want to uh, say happy anniversary <laughs> to, to our friendship and sisterhood and uh, just say uh, thanks for being here and thanks for being such a wonderful teacher and shaman. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm so delighted that I get the opportunity to talk to you today. And it's extra special, as you mentioned, 
coming up on five years in a couple of days since we had that beautiful circle for Samhain for the Celtic New Year. And that was one of the gateways, one of the pivotal times in your life that, uh, mm -hmm. that night. So mm -hmm. it kind of just makes me smile and uh, reflecting how many times I've been in your company and listened to the wisdom that you share so much with so many and that keeps expanding and expanding and uh, I just honor you and uh, every time I see something else that you're involved with and uh, see the amazing women that you're drawing together from different parts of the world uh, it just fills me it makes my soul sing Oh my God, you're literally making my heart tingle. Uh, yes, thank you, thank you. And in no small way, um, no small part was in ways that you taught me. There was a lot of things that it will tap into the divine feminine that um, I wanted to be able to lead and teach and do that um, being saturated in the patriarchy, uh, I, just, I just didn't know how. You know, it's like, uh, you, until you see someone do it, because I've, always been a natural leader but just like you I'm a circle leader where you participate in it sure you may be organizing it and and leading thoughts but everyone's equal in the circle and in the mm -hmm. corporate world I confuse the hell out of everybody and um, my, my leadership skills skills I now pride myself in and believe it's that kind of circle leadership skills that are going to bring us into the the, the future that we're, we're going to be able to survive However, in the corporate world, I just seem, quote unquote, unprofessional because I wasn't a very strict definition of leader. You know, I was never a top down. So seeing you and how you lead your circles and, uh, and, and just do the work you do, it gave me permission to be uh, more of my true self. And that's what happens with the work I do. By be, me being more my true self, other women are, and men are, are allowed to be mm -hmm. more of their true selves. And I think that's really what's one of the things that's helping this new world birth itself, uh, which is so achingly needed and, you know, just time for. So uh, let's just dig right into, uh, we can spip all these things because uh, this is just fun to talk about for, for people like mm -hmm. you and I. But uh, so if just thinking about our, our podcast listeners and our radio show listeners, uh, there are going to be some people who know this topic inside and out and have done work uh, in it, uh, who I know will get further insights from your wisdom. But then there will also be people who kind of heard the term. A lot of people are talking about it. You know, if you go to yoga, you know, it's on T-shirts, the divine feminine rising. Um, how do you explain it to someone who doesn't really know what uh, the divine feminine is? I say the divine feminine is an aspect that lives within all of us. It's uh, not exclusively that vibration or that energy is not exclusively held in the female body, but it tends to um, manifest itself more, if you will, in, in us as women, because of all the roles that we've played and the connection that we played way back from the beginning, and you and I went on that wonderful pilgrimage with uh, Carol Christ, uh, Goddess Pilgrimage to Crete, and we connected on such a deep level to what that really meant. Uh, what I think divine feminine is as well, it's really hard to uh, 
give a definition to it mm-hmm. in words alone, because words and intellect to me are very much uh, that uh, Western way in particular of looking at things is the rational, right? It's that way that we look at things, uh, A, B, C, because we know in the divine feminine, it's, it's circular, mm-hmm. right? We know how to uh, go back to the beginning and reach in to the energy of what we did when Mother Earth was the aspect of divinity that we connected to. Mm-hmm. And I first uh, uh, kind of heard the term divine feminine about 30 years ago now, I guess. I probably heard it uh, like you, many, many years ago, but we can hear things, but until we are ready to kind of sit up and listen, if you will, and when we do, we are drawn to the right books, the right people, and now what I find is that they're so, because the divine feminine is rising, we are gifted with so many wonderful teachers around the planet that can show us uh, by example, what the divine feminine is. So it's more to me an experience, I think what I'm trying to say. Totally. And, uh, the, uh, the irony yeah. of trying to explain something that is unexplainable, but that, that yeah, doesn't, that doesn't help someone <laughs> who's really trying no. to understand it with our traditional you know, uh, a lot logical kinds of brain. Uh, I, tr- I, I said it trans, the divine feminine transcends gender, transcends language. Yeah. And it's something you feel, know, and understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that understanding at a deep level. Like when I grew, I grew up in a very tiny community is like 150 people, uh, on a good day. <laughs> and, uh, my uh, connection to the divine feminine uh, was intuitive and instinctual. So mm-hmm. that obviously is aspects of that because I spent most of my childhood outside in nature, collecting, collecting rocks and stones and roses and creating mandalas and altars uh, because it felt right. It was like a, a, a remembering. And um, as well as growing up in that small community, I also grew up uh, in the in the Catholic denomination, and Mother Mary was mm-hmm. the face of the divine feminine to me as a child. I would go to the little church and kneel in front of the altar to Mary, and I can still almost taste and feel the texture of the altar cloth with its uh, embroidery around the edges. And I would look at Mary and knew that there was something special. And I would be drawn on the right side of the church was the statue of Mary Mm -hmm. sitting or standing on the serpent. And then there was a huge big statue, probably four or five feet high. And on the left side of the church was the statue of Jesus. And I was never drawn to go over there. I just wanted to hang out with Mary. And I felt that she listened to me. Mm. I, I felt there was some kind of communication that happened when I was with, with Mary. And uh, other, um, and that was the feminine that I knew at that time. My mother also had a statue uh, of St. Teresa of Lisieux, 
the little flower and I'm at the base of the statue. And I haven't told this story in years. It's just coming back to me now. And there was um, uh, obviously a hollow in the statue and there was a piece of paper over it and I would shake it. And uh, one day I said, I wanna find out what's in there. And I peeled it off and there was all these rose uh, buds. Mm. And I say, oh. oh, that's the gift from the little flower. Mm. And uh, I've uh, had so many amazing experiences with roses over, over many, many years now. Yeah, so that you. was my um, divine feminine. It was connecting me to something inside myself that I knew was deeper than I was as a person. Even as a child, I felt that. Like yeah. this was special. And I would tell Mary, you know, if I was upset, I would tell Mary my problems. And I felt that she really listened to me. So this went on for many years. And it wasn't until um, I'd say I was doing a, a degree at university and I was picking up a couple of elect electives and I'd always do them uh, cross-reference with women's studies. So this particular uh, subject that I did I think it might have been called something like women in Western religions. Mm -hmm. And one of the chapters was on the goddess. And there is this Neolithic, the ancient statue, the ancient image of the goddess, the Venus. And I looked at those, you know, voluptuous hips and mm -hmm. that. And I can still see the first time that I gazed on that image. And it woken something within me and I decided then to uh, do my paper my major paper in that course on the goddess and uh, like I'm talking like 1990 or something about 30 years ago there wasn't a lot nope. of research that I could have access to but I started to dig around and um I came across Starhawk's work, the spiral dance. I uh, came across uh, uh, women who run with the wolves, all kinds of different things. And then the goddess in every woman. And I uh, started to uh, source out uh, people in England because I went to England all the time. And that's how I found Glastonbury. And I started to do some work mm -hmm. with, the, uh, uh, with the goddess there. Right? Yeah, so that's what, really, and I felt, yeah, this is what's missing, right? Yeah. This is what's missing from politics, from businesses, because, you know, uh, working in an office in the early days, uh, uh, there was little room for uh, growth for women. Mm -hmm. And yes. I, and I post, yeah, we, we I posted were a little to fit into the cookie cutter of the male. Like, Absolutely. like even even yeah. in the 80s with the fashion with the shoulder pads and all that like we were, we were supposed to the only way we were allowed into that workforce is to deny our womanhood yes absolutely and uh, i posted on uh, facebook a few times about my mother-in-law who was one of these women who uh, she became a single mother and had to go back in the workforce after the separation and uh, she saw such dreadful working conditions for women and she was frowned upon because she was a divorcee, right? Wow. And um, so she had to uh, really be strong and 
stand up. And when something in the office was not right, she voiced that. And she made tremendous changes in the, in the civil service in the area that she was in. So I saw, so she was, became kind of a role model for me of that independent, strong woman who was not afraid. And she, you know, she's Artemis. She's, I look at her now and I look at, I say, oh gosh, yes, she embodies so many of these uh, divine feminine goddess attributes. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that's kind of the reality is um, it comes, the divine feminine comes to you often in other people particularly mm -hmm. um, other women. And you just said a million things that I like just got so excited that to, to talk about. Um, one, the Mary piece, I was raised Protestant. So I never really got the Mary piece, honestly, until a few years ago. Uh, but I've been really digging deep. Uh, and as you know, I did my gorilla, my gorilla goddessing and uh, installed a, a Mary at the top of a mountain where I was uh, uh, near where I was born. Um, because it just want, I wanted to be able to hold that space. But uh, in my deep dive, and that's what I do, and that's how the goddesses are kind of kind of come up for me. And uh, is, uh, you know, like literally an article will come up or someone will mention it or, or something. I'm, uh, intuition sometimes for me is curiosity. It's like, mm -hmm. what am I interested in? So I'll follow that path. And then, so Mary kept coming up. And uh, I got this uh, pretty cool, like, it's like a time life book on, on Mary and the Catholic church were really into Mary up until about 40 years ago. And then they kind of made it almost blasphemy <laughs> to have anything to do that's centered on Mary because it's supposed to be centered on Jesus. But of course, a lot of people mm -hmm. have, that have just brought Mary and the divine feminine underground. But I love this story of, um, uh, it was a, a Irish priest and uh, uh, he, he was telling the story about, you know, um, uh, Jesus went to, who's the guy at the gates? Is that? Uh, Peter. Peter. Jesus goes to Peter and uh, he's, he's, Jesus sees all these people in heaven that like, you know, are not, not top of the quality. They haven't done all good things in their life. And Jesus says, Peter, who, what's going on here? Like, you're just letting anybody in? We got rules here, you know? And Peter says, don't blame me. That's your mother letting them in the back door, right? <laughs> and like, I just thought that was such a good story to explain Mary and the divine feminine. And we'll explain in a minute, which also means the goddess or, you know, because uh -huh. it, it's so much more forgiving and so much more compassionate. And there's not uh -huh. the rules. There's not the regulations. It's a more no. understanding of your dark and your light. And yeah, you could do crappy things in your life. Everyone does crappy things, but that doesn't mean you're written off. Uh -huh. and, and one way into heaven is through Mary, right? And like, I just like, that's, that story just like stayed with me after I, I uh, read it because I, I was like, ah, oh, that is what the divine feminine is, is, is not this black and white, I'm going to hit you with my wrath kind of God, right? Uh -huh. It's very different. And it's, it's, it's that motherly energy, which can be complicated for people, uh, depending on their own relationship with their mother. Mm -hmm. uh, but just like using the word father for God can also be complicated. But uh, I just want to read uh, quickly something. We, we mentioned uh, our pilgrimage to Crete, and uh, we did do it uh, a year apart, which I thought was so fascinating how that all rolled out because we were supposed to do it together, but that didn't happen. And so anyway, uh, Carol and the coordinator for this uh, pilgrimage to Crete kind of asked us to send out like our spiritual path, like just so people could know where each other were uh, before we showed up. 
And so I read it today and even just reading it now, I can see that was, this was three years ago, almost exactly. Uh, I can just, I'm just, I've changed and grown so much. It's, it's pretty cool, but I say, so this is just a couple of paragraphs about my kind of uh, how, how the divine feminine kind of came to me in my own spiritual path. And I, then I'd love to hear more about yours too. I said, my spiritual path has been something I'm thinking about a lot lately. As a child, I was an enthusiastic Protestant churchgoer, partially because I felt connection to God when I prayed and partially because I wanted to be seen as a good girl. But when I was in grade eight, I wrote a religion paper on my dissatisfaction with my religion because it considered God male, which I thought was preposterous. <laughs> At the time, it seemed to me that if anything, God was likely some entity of both genders, or even more likely, I thought God was well beyond the confines of the gender concept we created. As I grew, I learned more and more about the hypocrisy of many sects of Christianity and the undeniable violence and abuse of some of those groups. My disgust caused me to turn away from all religion in my late teens, and for about a decade, I never really thought about God or spirituality much, except to question his or her existence when they seemed, when things seemed particularly cruel or cold. After years of feeling like I was flapping on the wind on my own, I started to dive deep into my soul, my intuition, and my inner wisdom. I had a few simultaneous life crises that literally brought me to my knees, as life does, right? And I started to pray to the universe. That was a word that I, I was okay with because uh, God mm -hmm. was much too heavy and, and felt, felt gross when I needed to feel less alone. I continued to pray and to send gratitude to the universe for a few years I as I discovered my own spiritual path and things like meditation, reading, books on self-development, listening to Hay House Radio, working with energy healers, and so on. The most recent chapter in my spiritual path was brought on by my pregnancy. While I was pregnant, my heart and mind opened up to a connection to the goddess, divine mother. That surprised and delighted me. After Violet was born, I realized too, I was a creator like God or goddess or the divine mother. I felt my own divinity and power and connection to all there ever was and all there ever will be. But the biggest shift for me was the all-encompassing love I now understand and let myself feel from the Divine Mother, Divine Feminine. As much as I love Violet and every little part of who she is, that's how much the Goddess loves me. And just as much as I'm proud of every little thing Vi does and how happy her happiness makes me, that's how the Goddess feels about me. This was my first understanding of true unconditional love. I'm so very, very grateful to feel such warmth and never ending support. It has allowed parts of me to be healed and forgiven that I never thought possible. It's also offered me a confidence to stand stronger in my own power and to cherish my womanly wisdom more. And now I want to learn more. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of funny how I, I, I wanted to share that because I think hearing other people's spiritual path again, allows you to kind of look at your own life and your own path. And when your face and eyes into it, you don't even realize you're on your spiritual path. It's mm -hmm. one of those hindsight things, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. And to then a little while after that, to have that deep experience in Crete, mm -hmm. which um, allows us to go and that allowed us to go uh, back to a time where the patriarchy 
hadn't determined some of the rules that are still in place. Yeah, I think that was one of the major mind shifts that was super helpful for me is learning that there was a pre-patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've just built on that knowledge for the last three years, but, but it was a real shift because we, it's just like a fish swimming around in water. You know, when you hear all these people say like war is just natural, it's human nature and, and mm-hmm. violence is just human nature. It's like, hold up. No, <laughs> patriarchy yep. only existed for about four or 5,000 years. And how we know this is uh, there are tiny goddesses, as you mentioned, like the Venus of Willendorf. And then there's also uh, mm-hmm. the Venus of Dolny Vernasechi, which is a Czech mm-hmm. one, which is, of course, like the goddess bracelets we have in strongwomenco.com. And yeah. there's all these gorgeous little goddesses, usually no bigger than your hand, very personal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the things they have in similarities with each other, uh, you know, are, are big bellies that have had lots of babies, big breasts big butts, right? This is like the babushkas, the grandmothers, the women who have had 10, 15 children, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not yeah. the virgins that were carved into, uh, you know, uh, tiny deities to be worshiped and passed down. It was the life givers because, it, and, you know, so many of them, like the Minoan snake goddess of Crete are, are showing mm-hmm. their breasts, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you know, it's like, they're not worried about being raped because women were revered and women were honored in our ancient ways. And that is the same way of many indigenous, most indigenous uh, people still today uh, is the matriarchal kind of uh, appreciation Mm -hmm. of women. But to to learn that that the majority of our actual human history, that is how we were. And we honored nurturing because how else were we going to survive? Absolutely. I want to share one little quote. Uh, please, please, please. Um, I've worked, uh, attended uh, workshops and uh, read a lot from um, with Starhawk. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love uh, the first book that I read for her, The Spiral Path. And this comes from that book. And the image of the goddess reawakens something within us. So I just love this quote from The Spiral Dance. It says, the image of the goddess inspires women to see ourselves as divine our bodies is sacred. The changing phases of our lives is holy. Our aggression is healthy. Our anger is purifying and our power to nurture and create, but also to limit and destroy when necessary as the very force that sustains all life. So good. Mm. Yeah. So, and, um, we could spend hours here and we don't have hours, no, right? No. And uh, one of the things uh, I treasure that you gifted me as, uh, you know, before you made your journey was a copy of The Girl God. And I was blessed to um, have uh, the mother and daughter, the author and her daughter on uh, my pilgrimage to, uh, my goddess pilgrimage. Shout out Trista, I know you listen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so she's an example like yourself, of a woman who is finding and restoring and bringing back because uh, the, uh, the belief that there is, a, there is a connection between the idea of the divine and the status of women. Mm-hmm. So when we just look at divine as exclusive right, and that's that old father, white guy, you know, father heaven, all that kind of stuff. So when we're totally into that, and that's what's 
permeating our the consciousness, then that's um, reflected in how women are treated in the status of women. So uh, beautiful women like you and Tristan are sharing a vibration, all of this wisdom, and women are coming across it in ways that make sense to them as modern women. Mm -hmm. So um, all the things in that beautiful little book, The Girl God, and uh, on the Facebook page, uh, Tristan's always um, sharing some very amazing um, little graphics, but they're always, they always have such a deeper meaning. Yes, and yep. so that helps, so that helps, you know, cyberspace can be sacred space. Yeah. So that helps permeate. And I've uh, seen a change and a shift in consciousness and the work that you do. And I find we're, we're on this divine feminine, which is amazing. Um, what happens within my circles, mm. um, that divine feminine, we don't talk about it as divine feminine, but the, but the women who come experience it and they know and they and they feel and they bring it into their essence their soul what i was just um, quoting from starhawk yeah and uh, if when something wakes up within us and it's not just waking up within us um, because i know from talking to your wonderful husband justin that there's so much of that wonderful female um energy that divine feminine energy that he carries mm -hmm. and that he holds um, within his being but also for you and his daughter mm. so he's not you know so it's that it's almost like he's holding the chalice for you the sacred chalice mm. Mm. so that because the chalice is a chalice in the cauldron the chalice in particular for me is such an amazing uh, symbol of that feminine and once we're waking once we have that call and we start to wake up then you know we do pilgrimages to places like glastonbury and other sacred places where the energy of the divine feminine is you can just touch it and taste it it's so palpable yeah uh you're exactly right and like you said the divine feminine is in all of us and so mm -hmm. as i have woken uh, the divine feminine myself, I have seen Justin give permission to himself for pieces of himself that he was denying mm -hmm. with his Pentecostal yeah. uh, patriarchal God upbringing. Mm -hmm. funny, you brought up the girl God. I actually had a quote I wanted to share too mm. uh, from Trista's, uh, from the girl God's Facebook. And I'm going to, I'll put this in the show notes for people to follow. Cause I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think like these are things like it's seeds you plant because we are, we are unlearning so much of the damaging patriarchal structures, language, ideas. We have to strip that away. And, and uh, uh, Carol Christ is known for writing. It's like, you can't just, you, it's, and this is what's happened with the, um, uh, with the turning your way from religion is you do have to replace it with something. So if you're just stripping mm -hmm. away, and you're like, I don't want anything to do with God and religion and all that stuff. It's like, you have to replace it with something. Like it's, it's you can't live in a void. And so replacing mm. it with something uh, like uh, that is more inclusive and uh, more kind of um, uh, accepting like the goddess. And uh, I'll, I'll ask you what the difference between divine feminine and the goddesses in, in just a moment, but I'm gonna read this mm -hmm. quote that I had. It's actually from Sue Monkind, but the girl God mm. uh, yep. um, posted it today and I reposted it on Strong Women Co. 
and she says, <clears throat> and this is, if, if anyone out there listening who feels a little weary when talking about goddess or divine feminine, like just know that that is just part of the process. And we all felt a little weird <laughs> because it's like learning a new color or le learning a new something, right? You're just not sure about it. And it says, an uneasy reaction to the word goddess is common among women. Thousands mm. of years of repression, hostility and conditioning against a divine mother have made a deep impression on us. We've been conditioned to shrink back from the sacred feminine, to fear it, to think of it as sinful, Holy Eve who wanted to go to the, heaven forbid she wanted knowledge, right? Uh, sinful, even to revile it. Goddess is just a word. It simply means the divine feminine in form. And it's just so interesting, right? This kind of reaction yeah. that we'll have. And I think I had probably a resistance action um, at first. But we're throwing the words divine feminine and goddess around. Um, uh, how would you kind of explain the two um, uh, to someone who's just trying to wrap their mind around these terms? Well, I see kind of the divine feminine as the, the over, it's the bigger picture. And the goddess is... Um, and some people still use them interchangeably and they can be, but personally, I see the divine feminine as all of it together, you know, all of it together. It's all the different aspects. The goddess manifests uh, all the different parts of the divine feminine yeah. in her different forms. Like you mentioned, uh, Kali was coming on strong for yeah. you yeah. over the last little while. And then we often have... Um, like a, a main archetypal energy, like a, a goddess that works with us. Uh, for me, I work uh, for years, I worked with four main ones, which is uh, Bridget, Mother Mary, uh, Isis, and Kuan Yin. And now other darker ones, as I shifted and changed and went deeper into my crone years, then some of the darker goddesses and the wisdom of Caridwen and so on. So that's how I look at it, is that uh, the divine feminine is all of it. And then uh, the goddess comes, aspects of the divine feminine show up. And we see that in how the goddess plays out in different pantheons. So we have like all of these archetypes in the, uh, in the Greek, mm -hmm. right? And they're so well, I mean, they're so uh, archetypal when you look at the different aspects. Mm -hmm. And then we have, of course, uh, you know, um, uh, in the Hindu and, you know, in the, in the Norse and in the, uh, the Celtic and, and so on. And uh, one thing that just came in my mind, and I heard this beautiful voice, is that uh, there's a lot of men, even within the traditional church now, who are talking about the goddess mm -hmm. and talking about the rise in the divine feminine. And uh, around a year ago, I happened to uh, attend a day over at... Uh, the Lantern, which is uh, all the, the presentation of Mercy Sisters. And they brought in a, a wonderful speaker called John Philip Newell. And the reason I showed up there that day is because the morning session was on Bridget and Bridget is so near and dear to my heart. And he talked about the importance of the goddess in, in our lives. And uh, so he's from like Church of Scotland or whatever, an amazing man. And he was such an embodiment of the divine feminine. So good. Oh, I could have just listened to him all day. And it was, it was like he was blessing us with his words, nurturing us. He was in a male body, but he carried mm. so eloquently through his being and his words, um, the essence of the divine feminine. And I've seen it um, in other men as well. 
So it's uh, so in the traditional church. Um, and uh, when I go over to the, uh, I call the nuns place over a presentation sisters mm -hmm. retreat house, yeah, some yeah. of these older sisters are talking about how women need to change the traditional way that they uh, looked at the divine feminine and looked at um, how women uh, presented themselves and so on. So it's just, so we're seeing it come in that change you know, you walk in presentation sister's house, they've got like earth wired or fire. Mm -hmm. So they've got, you know, uh, and they've got a big uh, globe of mother earth and so on, right? Yeah. And um, one of the sisters, uh, Sister Mary, I was talking about, I had been somewhere, uh, maybe Lourdes or somewhere on my pilgrimages. And um, I mentioned about the stations and she tapped me on the hand. She said, oh dear, she said, that's so outdated. <laughs> <laughs> she said the cosmic walk she said taking it to the bigger picture of creation is where we need to go now mm -hmm. right? uh, I, I want to talk to you about so many things but I think too what's so <laughs> funny is yes bringing it back to creation and it's just so odd because nothing in nature the male version procreates do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's the female. Like I think seahorses yep. are literally the only. It's it's yeah. it's kind of the norm that females uh, are the are the creators, uh, mm -hmm. like physically. Um, and uh, you know there are many animals that uh, you only even need females uh, to uh, create. I was just uh, reading mm -hmm. about like crayfish who <laughs> do just just all females. Uh, so I think it's kind of so interesting that you know. Uh, with the kind of rise of the patriarchy that they they really needed to take that that story that folk tale that that kind of uh, idea of creating and make it male mm. which goes against all of nature you know uh so it was very very kind of interesting when you look at it uh, in in that way uh but i i also think about how um the patriarchal religions are very judgmental and very controlling Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were great things that we did get out of these last patriarchal uh, years. You know, we got the mm -hmm. scientific method. We got we got we got some yep. good things out of it. There's a lot of value for sure. Um, but I was thinking about uh, the uh, chapel in on the Crete, the Crete pilgrimage. And it was the frescoes, like a 15th century mm. fresco church. It was for Anne, the mother of Mary, who I had never even heard of before this day on this pilgrimage. And we go into this de as a deconsecrated church because in the last 40 years, they've had a real push in Mary out, right? And yeah. so, um, but, the, but of course, these are frescoes that are still, still there for the most part. And I was walking through it. And I just seen this mother and daughter, uh, you know, story, which I had never seen before or heard in all of my, I, ta I taught vacation Bible school. I taught Sunday school. This story never came up in my Protestant <laughs> upbringing. And it was kind of like the last um, uh, fresco on either wall right before you left. And you looked at one side and uh, it was the images of, of the goddess. And um, it was, you know, I think it was like a mermaid and like just, there was just like a lot of like really good images of, of happiness and trees and everything. And then on the other wall was when the so-called awakening came of the patriarchal religion of, of a male mm -hmm. God and, and male Jesus. And um, everything was being judged. And so uh, like there was all these souls that were getting sucked into hell, souls from graves <laughs> that were already um, dead before these new rules even came in. 
And I just felt like it was just a coldness in my heart. I was like, how unfair to put these mm -hmm. rules because in the pre-patriarchal religion of worshiping the goddess, everyone was accepted. And of course, a goddess is a synonym for Mother Earth for many people. So mm -hmm. where are you going to go after you die? No matter how bad you are, you're not going to be shot into space. So of mm -hmm. course, the mother accepts you, you know, and the worms yes. eat you and you return and you, you, you go back, and, you know, ashes, ashes, dust to dust. And I just always think about the differences of, of being accepted no matter what, because where Absolutely. else are you going to go versus no, yeah. you're going to be judged on every thought and action and inaction you do right uh yeah so kind of a real real juxtapositioning of the two ways of thinking yeah because with with the mother and that beautiful divine feminine how things were and of course she's still with us we're just finding ways to connect to her more and allow because we've been programmed by the old patriarchy and, and you look at uh, some of the things I've been hearing lately of how women tend to be more patriarchal than men even, right? Mm -hmm. They are just out there. This is what their belief system is. is so ingrained in them. But with Mother Earth and the feminine, there's nothing that we can ever do yeah. that will stop her from loving us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's nothing that we need to do for her to love us more. She accepts us totally, totally as we are. Oh, that feels good to hear, doesn't it? Mm. What a concept. Yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, I find pilgrimage really um, deepens all of this within us. And a few years ago, um, when I was in Israel, I walked in the footsteps of, and I had some amazing, like these out of body, those, these really deep experiences. And um, so walking and sitting at the shores of Galilee and following the, I felt it was so powerful. And it was almost like I could hear music and smell flowers when I walked in the footsteps of Jesus. Mm. And I felt such feminine energy, oh, such yeah. love. There was no, all these places that I went, it was just, I was often moved to tears with how my heart felt so full, which is interesting. So I left there uh, in uh, Israel and the next place I went was Rome. Mm -hmm. And um, so my husband had wanted to um, see the Vatican and see all that. And uh, I literally could not, on the first time, couldn't go there because the energy uh, going from the love and the essence of what I believe Jesus really was to how it changed with the institutionalized church. Yeah. So, and because I had just literally come from Israel to Rome, uh, it was that the contrast was that much greater. And I think this is not what I felt in Israel. This is not how, how it started. This is not, you know, uh, and the Mother Mary energy and the Mary Magdalene and Jesus, all of this love and acceptance and heart opening. When I got to um, where, of course, uh, the start of the Roman Empire and, you know, and that just kept building and building and building, right? It was 
was so strong that I physically couldn't enter the building in the beginning because I said, oh my God, look what they've done, right? It was just- it's so over the top <laughs> in opulence too, right? Like it's just like, there's, yeah. not, there, there's no, um, like just thinking about all the poor people <laughs> with all the gold and, and all of that. But we're yeah. talking about the, the energy of Jesus and where I'm at now is I feel like, I mean, Jesus's main message is love. Mm -hmm. Love each other. Stop being so judgmental on each other. It's so funny the way that the church has actually got, it seems to have yeah. so many of those. But for me, mm -hmm. the, the Jesus energy is the Kuan Yin energy. Mm -hmm. That love and compassion. And just for our listeners, Kuan Yin is um, a goddess uh, from Asia. She's one of the most popular goddesses. Um, any uh, Asian listeners that we have will definitely know Kuan Yin. But Kuan Yin is a, is a, a goddess that uh, is, is kind of thought to manifest herself in people. And I've talked about Kuan Yin before, uh, especially with like around self-love and things like that. And she's helped me with my self-love and my self-compassion. But um, mm. if, if there's a, a young woman in China who exudes particular kindness and taking care of other people and whatever, they'll say, oh, that's, she's little Kuan Yin, right? Like seeing like this is a goddess energy yeah. that manifests in, in different humans. And uh, that's the real, the taking care of others kind of things. And I loved Kuan Yin as a, what her name, her main story is, you know, she had met, she had met all the, the qualifications to go to Nirvana, you know, to, to heaven. She had lived a good life. And then she, she, she hears the souls of, of, of humans crying. And she's like, I can't go there until, until everyone is, is feeling, is healed. I, I got work to do, right? Mm -hmm. And that's an energy I can really like, feel too. Um, and just yeah. to, to decipher for folks. So we're talking about the goddess, which is kind of like an overarching mother goddess kind of energy. Uh, mm -hmm. it, can, it, it, it embraces chaos and darkness and creation and all of that. And then when we're talking about different specific goddesses from across different geographies and uh, belief systems and, and folk tales and all of that, uh, it's, it's different embodiments of that goddess. Mm -hmm. Right. So the Kuan Yin is the loving kind of energy of compassion and helping one another. Uh, and then there's, you know, uh, Artemis energy, which is something I uh, connect to a lot of, uh, you know, just getting things done, moving forward, uh, taking no prisoners, uh, you know, that kind of um, protectress of children and in, in connected with uh, nature. And then, of course, Bridget, who's one of your big goddesses, who's, who's become one of mine is uh, uh uh, Celtic goddess of, um, again, that lateral power and all of her cool stories of the leader mm -hmm. she was. And again, Bridget, someone who, yes, there's a lot of folk tales around her, but we're pretty sure she probably was a real person, right? Mm -hmm. Probably many times over kind of like Bridget. And so that's kind of like the divine feminine coming up in different ways. And that's one of the ways that I've been able to connect to the divine feminine in myself and, you know, beyond is to hear these different goddess stories and see myself in them because mm -hmm. in this patriarchal soaked world uh up until kind of recently you know i mean the last 10 years five maybe um i just never saw myself i never saw myself in novels i never saw myself in shows or movies or you know uh so that i just felt like this alien 
And the more I learn about goddesses, you know, in Kali, the Hindu goddess who, you know, from destruction comes creation, very similar to Pele, the uh, South Pacific goddess, you know, who mm -hmm. there's from the destruction of a volcano comes life. There was nothing and then there's something. So uh, that I can feel, I can feel more well-rounded in myself by learning about these different goddesses who all embody different aspects of the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they keep coming, uh, uh, like you were mentioning, um, those aspects of the divine feminine are within us and we feel different parts of them at different times. Mm -hmm. uh, different times of the year mm -hmm. uh, goddess energy tends to because it connects us to the great cycle right how uh, that cycle of birth death and rebirth and now we're going into the darkness because um, we're entering the energy of Samhain, the celtic new year and and this is the time of the dark goddesses and i've been working in my circles with kale and um, hecate and Caridwan, and i will be with the morrigan and the kaliak of the of the irish celtic tradition and so on so they come up because uh, we are part of that cyclical nature so this grand cycle of birth death and rebirth and each goddess brings that aspect and that energy to allow us to have the resources and do what we need to do during that part of the year and it's not only just the the, the solar year but it's monthly with the moon yes. and it's the bigger it's the bigger cosmic uh, cycle cycle as well yeah yeah um it's 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 so cool and I get goosebumps. That's one of my indicators that I'm on the right track uh, hearing so many of the things uh, that you just said. And I'm just thinking of myself, you know, three and five years ago, because I was hungry for this. I didn't even know I was exactly hungry for this, but I was starving for this knowledge, uh -huh. these feelings, these experiences. Um, for, for any listener that we uh, have now who is interested in diving in, to, you know, this, like, I always wanted to have a shaman that I connected to like this. And I, I feel like, you know, I, I asked for it and then, and then, the, and <laughs> hey, so what can other people besides doing work with you, which I highly recommend again, I'll put her uh, website on the, in the show notes, but what would you suggest to someone who wants to connect more to the divine feminine, um, but isn't really sure how to go about it? What would you suggest? One of the things uh, that has, has been happening over the last several months, because we have not been able to travel as much and attend gatherings, a uh, place that's near and dear to my heart and that I've been going to for almost 20 years now uh, is Glastonbury. And uh, in Glastonbury, they have the goddess temple, the first one built dedicated to to the goddess in like 1500 2000 years and they do all kinds of um, little pop-up things online so and uh, there's links then to others so uh, i i think that's a great place to start kathy jones this amazing lady who uh, started the goddess temple and has written lots of books and um it just allows us, it's very experiential when you look at the landscape, because for me, the place on the planet uh, where the goddess is alive and well in the landscape itself is Avalon, 
Avalon of old, which is current day Glastonbury. And Avalon is a place that lives within us. It's just not a myth. And, and myths are real as well. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so just checking out, uh, Googling um, or on Facebook, uh, just the Glastonbury Goddess Temple. And you will find they're always doing, uh, they have uh, things that come up um, on a regular basis. They have daily meditations. They have little ceremonies for uh, the moon and uh, they will be doing one for Samhain and so on. So that's a, that's a great place to, uh, to start. And once you find one thing, instead of just madly going off madly in all directions, it can get a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So looking at, uh, and um, reading, um, you know, following uh, the girl God, mm-hmm. right? that will, you will find uh, a quote that Tristan will share that will be uh, by a specific um, woman. Mm-hmm. And that will speak to you so much. Oh, I want to find out more. Yeah. So you will, there's a deeper wisdom opening up within you so that you will find that the right teacher, the right uh, aspect of divine feminine is searching you. Yes. So not only are you seeking, but what you're seeking is also seeking you as the old expression goes. Yes. Right. Yes. So I find, and to go to a place that has been dedicated to uh, the growth uh, and rising level of our consciousness in the divine feminine is Glastonbury and uh, the beautiful women who dedicate their lives uh, to that. There's dozens of women, there's thousands. I've met so many women from uh, all over the world on my uh, many pilgrimages, solo pilgrimages and more organized ones. Uh, to uh, to Glastonbury. Yeah, that's a, it's a great suggestion. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes too. And uh, I, I would just uh, second what you're saying is when something strikes a chord in you, continue with it. You know, uh, one of the things that I really like to do is when a book or something or a good quote comes up, I'll go into my Kindle and you can, I'll, for most of the books, you can get a free sample. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, reading the first chapter or two chapters of a book, it can be so nourishing and you can get it at your fingertips right away. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's something I I would uh, highly uh, suggest as well. Uh, That's that's a really cool suggestion. Thank you for that. So uh, just to close up, um, I would, I got a couple questions here now. Which one do I really want to ask you? I guess... What have you noticed about your clients in your women's circles over the last years? I know a lot of people are talking about the divine feminine rising. Um, a, what does that mean? And B, have you seen that? What does that look like in reality from your experience? What it is, is that um, when our consciousness shifts, our, our, our view of the world shifts, the decisions we make, uh, what we because it's a vibration so we invite that into our lives and uh, what i'm finding more and more in my circles over the last year or so is that people are so hungry for ceremony Mm. i rarely uh, do much talking it's experiential they connect to the energy of the drum they uh, they do journeys so they can 
meet the face of the feminine, meet the archetypes by doing a, a soul journey or a shamanic type journey. So they're connecting themselves is not me just lecturing. So it manifests itself and that aspect comes to visit them. So they get kind of hungry for, for this ceremonial because women, since the beginning of time, we were the ones that did ceremony. And through ceremony and story, that was how the knowledge and the wisdom was passed down. Yeah. And because it wasn't allowed to be done out in the open for thousands of years, it was uh, sent underground. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, oh, we're allowed to do this, uh, right? I can come in my goddess outfit and I can right I can speak this I'm not going to be punished so what it is is reclaiming because now yeah it's okay it's okay to use that terminology it's okay to say that I'm going to Regina's goddess house or whatever mm -hmm. so it's given them permission to connect to to that to that energy and we become and what I find as well our inner life and our outer life um, become more congruent. So instead of hiding away and say, well, I'm going to a meditation. And so you don't want people to know, oh my goodness, I go to Regina's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. So it's given um, permission to be who you truly are and to acknowledge that, yes, I am part of the divine feminine and I want to acknowledge that. I want to pass that on. I want my sons to know and my daughters to know and my granddaughters to know and so on, that this is not something that needs to be pushed down again, mm -hmm. that I can speak this because it's all about speaking our truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think there is this beautiful hunger for spirituality outside mm -hmm. of the confines of um, the, the patriarchal institutionalized religion. And I would just uh, add uh, to what you said is um, you can make your spirituality whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And you can take from different, this is the beauty of living in this information age. You yeah. can learn about Hinduism and learn about the Aztecs and learn about the Celts and learn about the Norse and learn about Asian uh, and Eastern religions. And you can take what speaks to your soul and those lessons and those 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 myths, as as you mentioned, which have so mm -hmm. many truths in them, and you can make yeah. it your own. And uh, you know, one of the things that I also started doing, which I didn't realize until uh, you had mentioned it, uh, is the whole making altars, just making time. Mm -hmm. Like I just like pretty things. I'm a, I'm a big Libra, right? I just like pretty things. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's the kind of thing. Is like you put pretty things that mean something to you and arranged in a way. That, that helps, like you could, we could even talk about the, the metaphysics of that. We could talk about the mindset uh -huh. positivities yeah. of that, you know, like that it, 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 it is something that's raising your vibration. It's helping you with your goals. It's helping you to be more true into who you are as opposed to having to squish down those things to fit into the cookie cutter that no one really fits in anyway. Who are, who are we kidding? And I think uh -huh. like that's one of the things that um, made me realize the goddess was a real thing was because nobody told me <laughs> to get down uh, and, and, and pray and, and meditate and cry with the goddess. Nobody, like I was as weird as hell in my own head because not a single person ever told me <laughs> to do any of those things, but it was like breathing to me. I was like, this is uh -huh. what's natural. And so I just yeah. want to create space for that to anyone who's listening is you are the captain of your fate. 
sorry, the master of your faith, captain of your ship, you get to decide what your spirituality is. No one else. And it is a path, right? And um, allowing what the work that I did five years ago allows me to just build on it now. Um, But it's, it's so, it feels so good to be able to do it in my own terms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a huge part of what the divine feminine is, is saying yeah. a middle finger to all the systems. Yeah. And it's not about getting it wrong. It's mm-hmm. about doing it your way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your way is the way for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Woo! Absolutely. Yay! Oh, Regina, thank you. This has been such a great conversation. I feel nourished and recharged, and I'm so excited to share this with everybody. Oh, it was my pleasure, Kelly. It's, uh, I think about you every day, and I talk to Artemis every day, and I wear my, my goddess bracelets, and I just know that you are doing such amazing work and as you grow and it's been just amazing to watch you to blossom and grow and to watch uh, your whole family the violets is that little goddess energy oh my god (laughs) oh yeah that that she is she's so vibrant and um uh it's another reason for me to do the work i can is to create the space so again to be that example Uh, yeah, and we can be, oh, 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 I have to interrupt, but seeing Violet being strong and this beautiful, beautiful developing child with this strong energy, but also see her love and dress in all of this gorgeous stuff, right? This flowing outfits. And so we, that can, we can be strong and feminine at the same time. It's, they're not you know opposite one another and looking at her she's like oh yes this is it she's gorgeous with her flowing outfits and their the colors and all of that but then she gives the look right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's what it's all about yeah 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 and just being being safe (laughs) and strong to be you yes absolutely yeah, absolutely. And that's what it is. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with me and my shaman, Regina, uh, on the Divine Feminine. Uh, I hope that you are able to think about yourself and your power and your perspective and on our human history and the way we think about things uh, a bit differently. And uh, now it's time for the featured song of the show. And I've got, as you probably can imagine, probably five or six songs off the top of my head that um, I could definitely use for this show. But I wanted to use one that was more mainstream and, and more current. So this is a featured song by one of my favorite artists of all time, Alanis Morissette. I think Jagged Little Pill was probably my most formative album of if I had to just pick a single album. And I found that Alanis, uh, her, she's very spiritual and she's always a little bit ahead of me. 
uh, in her kind of her awakening. And I, I just keep looking to her um, accidentally how the universe just tosses her, it tosses people your way, you know, or tosses books or ideas that are uh, what your consciousness is ready for. And uh, I, I didn't know uh, that Alanis was into the divine feminine or, you know, goddess type things or, or anything at all. And I was listening to her latest album, which is which is pretty good. It's really it's got some real jewels on it there for sure. And uh, uh, I just had the song, and uh, I remember I think I just like got some Starbucks. Violet was in the back seat of the car. We were like doing errands, and I heard the lyrics, and I just got goosebumps all over me. So the first. Uh, uh, it starts off, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm on the floor, I'm in the kitchen, this place is so familiar, I'm on my knees, you know, it's just like, okay, Lannis, what are you singing about, right? So she's obviously in her hard way, and uh, where we've all been. <laughs> and then she says, and so I'll pray to her today. And I was like, huh? And she says, I'll ask for mercy, and I'll beg for pauses. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then I'm like, nah, she's not singing about the goddesses. But then this line comes up. She's coming in warm, all like Callie. And we mentioned Callie a few times today in the show when I've mentioned her several times in this pod. And the next line is, and coursing through my veins like liquid Mary. And I was like, what? Oh my goodness. Like she's talking about the divine feminine and the faces of the divine feminine. This is just the album just out in July. And she's like, says, uh, next lines are, she's not buying my shell. She sees right through my armor. She lingers in my shadows knowingly. She treats them like they're angels. And maybe they are angels. She beckons me to braver inquiry. And so I pray to her today. I ask for mercy and I beg for patience. She's coming in all hot like Shakti. Shakti, of course, is the divine feminine, is the life force. It's the, the force that moves us, the creative force. Uh, and, and it just goes on from there. And even just saying these uh, lyrics to you, I am getting goosebumps. So I want to share this song with you. I want to kind of um, further hammer this idea home uh, that this divine feminine, we are more and more and more of us are waking up. This is not some kind of obscure fringe idea. This is mainstream um, artist Alanis Morissette. Uh, you know, with this, with this beautiful song. And I, I can't find her mentioning this song anywhere um, or the lyrics about it. I, I, I couldn't find anything on it. If you do know uh, anything, please share it with me. So it's just this piece of work that's just out there for us to enjoy and, and have um, and share. And uh, so uh, I'm just so, so thrilled. Thank you so much for showing up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for growing and growing with me and, and growing, growing with your fellow sisters and, and brothers and others who are listening to this and, and are keen to build a new world and keen to build that new world by rebuilding ourselves in our own terms. And I'm not going to cry, <laughs> but, but this is really true. This is really like why we're here and why we're here now. We were made for these times, and part of that means honoring that the beautiful divine feminine in each of us and in ourselves. So I will let the amazing Alanis Morissette take it away with
my kitchen This place is so familiar on my knees I can hear the footsteps I can see their back walking out I don't know who to reach for when I She loves 